Right, so what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Financia, host of Made in China podcast, and the host of the Source Financia YouTube channel. In this episode, this was a special episode for a couple of different reasons. First off, if you are a fan of the podcast and have listened to this year's goals episode, so 2009, 2018 uh, versus 2019 goals, one of my goals for the year was to to interview somebody with a little bit over, I think it was over 20k. in in followers uh, combined through you know YouTube uh Instagram social media uh podcast whatever it is just a combined email list combined following and Riley Bennett is is a YouTuber uh Amazon FBA seller with a YouTube channel called Living That Life and he has a little bit over 50k in, in subs so I wanted to be interviewed by and to interview somebody with that sort of uh, following. I've had people on the podcast. I mean, even our our own following. If you combine social media, the email list, and our podcasts and and YouTube, um, you know, we're talking about fourteen around fourteen k in subs. Um, so you know, and I've had Michael McLeany, who's probably in a similar number range, maybe even a little bit more, um, with his email list. Um, I had Nick Zebra on the podcast, and I believe their email list itself has about twenty k in followers. But I know those people, right? So it's a little bit different. Like I wanted to interview somebody that I didn't know who was in a similar field that had that kind of following, and Riley is one of these people. And and uh, another part of the reason why this is a special special episode is because I just I think Riley sort of embodies the sort of Digital nomad definition, right? Like he's he's a guy who's traveling around the world. He's been running an Amazon business for four plus years, and you know embodies the whole four work week sort of mentality of of you know having lived in Dubai and you know Thailand and now uh, Bali. You know, like he just kind of like is a little bit more chilled with his schedule. Definitely gets his work done. Definitely, I mean, there's no way that you could run three separate businesses.、Um, Without getting your stuff done, but like I mean, in the sense that how I've spent the last four years in China, sort of working out of an office, and you know he likes to work in coffee shops,、um, and he's been doing the same thing, but in coffee shops in different countries. I've only, I guess you could call me a digital nomad, but like I'm, I've sort of structured things in a way that are a little bit more corporatey.、Um, I'm beginning to travel more now, but like I just I think it's interesting just seeing. Talking to Riley, getting a different sort of perspective in the way he sort of plans out his days.、Um, he has a little bit more of a loose schedule,、um, and I thought that was yeah. I was like, that's pretty much like a lot of people want to be in that that position. That's what a lot of people dream about is just sort of you know making your own schedule as you go and traveling around the world and you know still making money and making connections and having amazing life experiences and and and. Experiencing different cultures. I mean, when I as I spoke to him, there's a YouTube video version of this, so you'll be able to see it on the YouTube video. But as we did this interview, he was sitting in a coffee shop next to a rice field in in Changu, Bali. So you know, <laughs> it was already. And I was talking to him. Was like, yeah, he just kind of like picks different coffee shops every day. Even the way the interview was set up was interesting.、Um, our marketing intern Luke reached out to him, hit him in the DMs on Instagram. Um, and was just kind of like, hey, you know, I think there's potential here. Like, you have, you talk about Amazon. You're the, you know, Amazon FBA experts. That's travel vlog guy. And you know, we talk about manufacturing in China. I think there's potential for some cross promo here. And he said, yeah, sure. Let's、uh, set up a call. He said, we sent him a link to my call schedule. He set up a call, and 
it was a short call. It was a fifteen minute call. Like um, like at the different options in my schedule. So I thought like, and I usually do this when I'm interviewing somebody that I haven't haven't met or talked to before. I usually do like a you know intro call, maybe five to ten minutes. You know, the week before we do the actual podcast, just to you know make them feel a little bit more comfortable, build up a rapport. Um, obviously, with Riley, he's, he's he interviews people all the time, so it wasn't you know it's kind of like a different thing, right? Like when I go, I can be interviewed randomly. But yeah, we we hopped on the call, and um, he was like, "Yeah, do you want to just do this right now?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I am not prepared, sir. <laughs> I was like, I am not ready." To, to do a podcast right now um, or at least specifically a video podcast because I didn't have my equipment and um, like the lighting and the place that I was 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 going to be really bad. So just set up for the next day. Um, and yeah, then we, we had a pretty interesting, interesting little episode the next day. And I think for anybody that's familiar with Riley's podcast and and videos and stuff like that i think this will be different in the sense that when he's been interviewed not when he interviews people but when he's been interviewed i think the episodes are a little bit shorter um i think people focused a little bit more on sort of the lifestyle aspect i kind of spoke more about the journey and sort of the practical steps he took how he identifies products what he's doing now specifically with his business um and then sort of plans for the for the future with the with his current businesses, so I think it's a it's a little bit more of a sort of a little little deeper in interview. So um, yeah, it's uh, without further ado, enjoy the episode. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. outside of Southeast Asia in a social setting? I mean, how do you answer the question, what do you do? <laughs> I actually have a blog post on that because there's so many things I can say mm-hmm. about what I do. I, I literally I had that this same uh, idea pop into my head and I literally went on to a blog post and I listed like 50 different phrases to say what I do. Um, I could be, uh, you know, some of the top things people say is uh, I'm an online entrepreneur um, or I could say I'm an Amazon seller or I could say I'm in the online shopping industry, uh, I'm in e-commerce, I'm a location independent entrepreneur. Uh, Some people would say I'm a freelancer, Um, even though I own own my own business, some people just like put everything in the freelancer bubble. Um, or, um, or I'm a digital nomad or I'm a traveler or I'm a YouTuber. Um, so yeah, all of those things depends. Like it really depends who's asking, you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. And that part of the reason why I ask that question is just cause I always find like, if I explain it the way, if I explain it to people that are here, they completely get it. Like it's easy. But when I leave, China specifically or Southeast Asia, it's always like, what is that? And then I have to <laughs> have to go into like a longer explanation. Yeah. So let's start from the, the beginning. So what brought you to Southeast Asia in the first place? How did you get your start here? Um, I came to um, 
the Dropship Lifestyle Conference, uh, October 7th, 2014 in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, been uh, in Southeast Asia ever since. And five years now. Five years. So was the first business that you got into dropshipping? Um, yes. Yeah. So um, I discovered about dropshipping through um, Johnny's YouTube channel um, because um, me and some friends had done a regular vacation to Thailand and we decided that two weeks was too short. So, hey, let's get a job in Thailand for a year. We were recent uh, university grads. So we started looking into jobs in Thailand, living in uh, Thailand, and found Johnny's uh, digital nomad channel, uh, working in Chiang Mai, doing the e-commerce thing. We are like, that sounds way better than teaching English or working at a resort or something. So we were like, boom, hooked this online lifestyle. Let's, if Johnny can do it, we can do it. And luckily, he, he and Anton had put on their, uh, were planning their first uh, retreat or conference later that year. So it was perfect timing. We're like, yes, let's just go to the retreat and we'll figure everything out. Um, mm-hmm. We had been working on our dropshipping store for about six months before that uh, uh, conference, but uh, weren't profitable yet. And uh, got to the conference and um, met a kid who was selling on Amazon, doing the private label thing. And uh, he was doing really well compared to most of the beginning drop shippers. So we pivoted to the Amazon private label and been doing that ever since five years now. Nice. It, what were some of your early struggles when you started out selling on Amazon? Um, yeah, it was uh, well, investment cash was a, was a huge thing. Uh, at first, we were, you know, we came out to Chiang Mai. Uh, I say we, me and my best friend Parker, were kind of on this mission together. Um, we came out with about 8K US saved. Um, and then after about four months in Chiang Mai, I decided to pivot to Amazon. We only had maybe like 2K left on our bank account at that time. You know, we splurged a little bit. And so um, for our first uh, test product, we um, bought like 200 units for around 800 bucks. And um, right before that was going to get shipped to Amazon, um, there was a patent issue and the Alibaba supplier had to, um, they sent us a photo of all of them destroyed. They say, sorry, there's patent issue. Uh, The company that owns the patent made us destroy the products. And so luckily um, about a month later, we got 80% of our money back for that. like 600 of the 800 back. And then we had to scramble to come up with the next product idea before we would run out of cash, you know, just to stay out in Chiang Mai, we had to scramble. So um, we came out with this next kind of prototype idea um, and launched that really quickly with, without even ordering samples. Cause we like didn't even have any time. We're like, just, just screw it. Just throw it to Amazon. Uh, and it ended up hitting 10 sales a day, making a hundred bucks a day. And so we're like, okay, great. And so, but it was, it was kind of uh, flimsy. It got bad reviews, um, but it was popular. The keyword was popular. Um, so what we did is we, um, we were like, okay, we have this concept, but we need to improve it, make it stronger, uh, more durable. So it's not going to get these bad reviews, but we're like, crap, we're going to need $12,000 to do this. Um, you know, 12 bucks a pop, a thousand units. We're like, we don't have $12,000, crap. And so I remember I put together this whole um, 
a spreadsheet, this whole PDF of like the projections, this whole business plan, this whole pitch deck, and how we were actually gonna about to get a uh, an investment from an entrepreneur, but a little bit older entrepreneur in Chiang Mai at the same co-working space. He was interested in investing in it. That fell through, and then I was going through another um, friend back home who does small business loans. Um, that fell through, and then eventually someone else that we knew, um, we showed it to him, and um, he saw the projections and trusted us and gave us that uh, seed money for the initial um, order of a thousand units, uh, and that ended up being our first uh, real uh, hit product uh, from there, and that was July of 2015. How long did it take for you guys for that product to just take off? Was it almost immediate or was it like, a, you know, was it six months, six months? Yeah. The, um, the prototype took off within a month, hit a hundred dollars a day within like a few weeks. And then, um, the full, uh, the full, um, version, um, developed version took off within a month. So like any business timing was, a key factor. Um, we hit it at the right time uh, in terms of uh, popularity for this type of thing. Uh, and also we, we put in the time to make it as, as strong and as premium as possible. So those two things um, together uh, combined with also ours had unique features, uh, of course, is the key to success. I'm sure you talk about. So all those things together made it, uh, made it a winner and it's actually still selling today. Um, this is going to be four years later. It's, it's maybe selling it 20% of what it was and it's, and it's heyday, but, uh, it's still selling. Yeah. And then how many products are you guys launched since that time? Babe? Uh, since we, since that we've probably launched a dozen or more products and maybe 25, 30% of those end up sticking and making money. Nice. And around the same time, you get, you started a YouTube channel documenting your life and your travels. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. After a, after a year in Chiang Mai, uh, well, the first year I was kind of just documenting everything. I was kind of vlogging on Snapchat, like without even really knowing, mm. um, kind of like showing the daily life documenting on Snapchat. And then after a year I was like, okay, I should just get a, a pocket vlog camera and just do this in full HD and, so I ended up doing a one edit per week, like little vlogs, travel vlogs of all, you know, the adventures and documenting the life. And yeah, this, uh, actually, wow. This week, uh, first week of September, 2015 was my first, uh, vlog in Southeast Asia. So this week is my four year anniversary of my channel. Nice. Wow. And you, your channel's grown quite a bit since that time. Or you just, do you attribute that to the, the consistency or? Is it more the content that you're creating? Is it the timing that you, you started the channel? Yeah, I think it's literally all three of those things combined. Um, uh, I remember the first keyword, you know, this is speculation, but I think it's, it's pr pretty true. One of the first keywords um, that got me, you know, visible was the digital nomad keyword. So for a long while, if you type digital nomad into YouTube, I'd be on the first page. Yeah. Um, and also the, the Saigon keyword that I started my channel when we shifted from Chiang Mai to Saigon. 
And every title would be like Saigon Digital Nomad Vlog number 12. And then this whole series of like vlogs once a week. And so a lot of uh, American Vietnamese fans, um, a lot of people traveling to Vietnam would see my videos. Um, and so that was kind of my first thousand subscribers, people interested in, in Saigon. Um, and then we moved uh, back to Chiang Mai, did a lot of Chiang Mai videos. So they got a lot of views from the Chiang Mai Digital Nomad keyword. Um, so I was kind of early on in the, in the digital nomad keyword on YouTube, um, relatively early. And then the other thing is the content. So I think on YouTube, like if people like you, they're going to subscribe if they don't, they're not. So you kind of just have to be a likable person. You know, they just have to like you. You have to be entertaining, obviously. So good content, I guess. And then, uh, I have been consistent, um, at least one video a week for, pretty much this whole four years with only a couple exceptions. Nice. When did you, when did you start to get into more interviewing entrepreneurs and, and, and things like that? Uh, the very beginning. Very beginning. Um, yeah. yeah. One of my first popular videos was interviewing. Uh, it was in uh, Saigon interviewing another Amazon guy. Um, it was called, um, Freaking how we fund our travels selling on Amazon. We got like 30,000 views, one of my most popular interviews. So, I mean, I, I've been a podcast fan forever. Actually, even back home uh, in the apartment days, um, I did some live stream podcasts with me and Parker and some other buddies, uh, like Joe Rogan style, just like talking about our drop shipping journey and talking about our dreams and talking about our recent trip to Thailand and how we want to be able to travel the world and be free. Basically, talking about this four hour work week, uh, religion. Yeah. Uh, so if you go way back on my channel, like I've, I done been recording interviews. Nice. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, when you watch those old videos, how the hell do you feel? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's surreal. Um, it's, it's absolutely surreal. Cause, um, you know, I say, I said in my nomad summit 2017, uh, speech, like one of my life hacks, um, was uh, one of the life hacks is just a deep deep desire like we really wanted to make this happen mm -hmm. you know we were dreaming really hard we had the four hour work week poster um with the target monthly income on the apartment wall we had pictures of the uh, pp beach in thailand some tropical beach we had pictures of like uh, the buddhas in thailand posters that ordered some Thailand posters on Amazon just to get us fired up about going back. Uh, we had a big, big a calendar on the wall with like the whole year's calendar and October it said Thailand. And we were scheduling out, you know, our, our, all of our goals and we were just fucking fired up and getting after it. And like, this is going to happen. And so in hindsight, I look back, I'm like, Oh, no wonder it's real because that's the key to, to anything. You know, it's, it starts with believing it's going to happen and it's just a matter of time. And without even knowing it, we were, you know, using the law of attraction, they say. Um, yeah. And of course, the second, the second big life hack is getting around people who are doing what you want to do. We went to a digital nomad conference. You know, it's not a surprise that now we are digital nomads because we went to Chiang Mai, the digital nomad capital, and hung around people who are already crushing, making money online. So we rub shoulders with them and say, literally, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing private labeling on Amazon. You're crushing it. Great. Let's get to it. So figured it out. 
That's a similar similar thing with with me. For example, it's like um, I know you interviewed uh, Nick Nerv on your channel. I was mm-hmm. going to ask you about that later, but our friendship group. There's about eight of us in a WhatsApp group. All guys that we hung out in Toronto. We all met in Toronto, and oh, nice. uh, six or seven out of the eight are entrepreneurs living in different parts of the world, like in Colombia, in. South, in Southeast Asia, various parts, various parts of Southeast Asia, in Eastern Europe, like, and it's like, yeah, there's no, it's not a coincidence that seven out of eight of the group are all entrepreneurs traveling around the world. Like, we influence each yeah. other. Whenever there's new information, new books uh, that we think are beneficial to the group, we share that information. And then when I moved to China, I joined uh, Enter China, which is like a sort of like, um, it's like a yeah, yeah, I know. I interviewed uh, Nick Ramel as well. Okay, yeah, so. For, you know, I joined Enter China, and of course, I was surrounded by, you know, hundred plus entrepreneurs doing business with China, and that's how I met my business partner. So it's like, yeah, it's not it's not a mistake. There are steps that are practical that you can take. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How did you connect with Nick Nerov? <laughs> um, before he was in Chiang Mai, he was uh, back in Canada, and I, was, I will always remember he reached out to me. Um, you know, he obviously probably saw my videos. He reached out. <laughs> it's still in our messenger chat. Um, it was him shirtless. He sent me a video, video message out of the blue. He's like, Bradley, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm coming to Chiang Mai. I just want to give a shout out or like whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he came to Chiang Mai and, uh, uh, ended up being friends and doing some videos. And obviously he's on the same journey and uh, chill guys. So yeah, Chiang Mai. Yeah, that sounds like Nick, the, the, the shirtless video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like yeah, it's classic. What about, uh, what about Ramil? Uh, also, Chiang Mai. Um, yeah, I think we hung out in Chiang Mai. Like, I just like bumped into him or something, or there was a meetup or something. And then uh, also he was in Bangkok at the time or did I do a Skype interview with him when I was in Bangkok? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Met him in person in Chiang Mai. And then we did a, a, a Skype interview or a zoom interview uh, once talking about kind of his journey. So what are you working on specifically now? I know that you launched some courses as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I call myself the lazy YouTuber, uh, people, you know, <laughs> for my first two years into my channel, people were like, how the frick do you travel like this and make money? And I'm like, Oh, I sell on Amazon. So for the first year and a half, I was just like answering questions in the comments. This is how you do private label, you know, basically coaching people for free and they'll tell people starting to ask, can I pay you for consulting or can I buy your course? Where's your course? I'm like, Oh crap. guess I got to make a course. And so Freaking took the time out to bang out an Amazon course. Um, I, I've been really lazy with it. I don't really promote it much. Um, I'm going to be revamping it and relaunching it here in the coming months. Um, <laughs> I got to get my ass around to doing that. But, but my main income is all from FBA. It's all from FBA. I actually have a box of samples right behind my computer. Uh, just picked up a new box of samples today. Um, so I've actually the last few months been launching more products than ever before. Um, launched like two last month, launching two uh, this month. 
Um, and I'm not kidding you just right now, I'm working on, um, some concept mock-ups of a new product idea that I have. Um, so yeah, Amazon really busy with launching new products. Have you, are you still doing purely private label or are you doing a little bit more like original design? Uh, only private label, um, private label. Well, I call it a hybrid. Um, I always try to add like simple features that don't require like new molds. So I always try to, to look and see what the supplier can do. That's going to be um, cheap to do and simple. That will make it stand out. Um, so that's been kind of my key to success is obviously having unique features uh, that make it stand out. Um, but uh, I'm trying to pivot into um, more original design. Like I'm working on original design right now, uh, literally uh, today. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been private label basically. Are you pivoting more into original design because you want to get more into building a brand or is it, does it have to do with the competition? With, uh, um, it's it's all, we already have a brand. Our, we already have our one private label brand okay. uh, of related products. Um, but um, it's really just cause I have, you know, I'm a creative guy. I have these ideas and I just got to get off my lazy ass and make some of these happen instead of just like, think about them yeah. so it's like i have these ideas like why not why not go after it um like i said i, I focus a lot of my time on just like doing whatever like like i said i'm, I'm the lazy youtuber so um yeah i just gotta get around to, to launching these original ideas and also i'm i've been spending a lot of time on my on my new course mm-hmm. my other course which which addresses the second most common question that i get is um Riley, I want to sell online um, or Riley, I want to be a digital nomad, but I have no idea where to start. What, how do I live like you? Like I know nothing. And so I made a, a, like a beginner's course that kind of is the digital nomad or online career roadmap where it kind of breaks down all the different types of business models you can do uh, and then helps people choose um, a business model that's right for them. Um, based on you know their background skills interests etc so i'm doing a lot of uh, time uh, on that and actually i'm going to be launching that here officially soon nice what talk to me a little bit about uh, what you've seen how you've seen amazon change over the years because i i I, a lot of my clients are amazon sellers right Mm -hmm. um some of the main inside a lot of my best friends are amazon sellers and Mm -hmm. some of the main things that people worry about is you know chinese competition coming in down prices and Amazon mm-hmm. itself selling, you know, Amazon basics and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, so yeah. what's your perspective on that? Yeah, it's, that's true. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of Chinese sellers coming in and, you know, selling the same old stuff for cheaper prices. Uh, Amazon is flooded with Chinese sellers and uh, Amazon is, it's more competition. And, you know, that's just the way that the internet goes. Like, YouTube has so much more competition. Like my channel views have like dropped off because it's just like, it's literally, you know, there's only one screen yeah. and there's so many more channels. So yeah. it's like, it's literally, literally a, a bigger crowd. Same with Amazon. There's only one screen for first page results and there's more sellers. So it's literally, there are more competition. It's, it's true. It's just the fact of numbers. Um, so what do you got to do? You got to stand out. And, um, that's, 
that's another reason why I'm, you know, putting the pedal to the metal on these original designs because uh, you got to stand out. And like we're working actually, we just hired someone on Upwork to help us with the patents, um, you know, because we have this you know, patent idea and, you know, we want to have that in our arsenal. Um, and same thing with YouTube. I'm thinking about like, bang, I got to stand out more on YouTube. I, I can't just be doing my regular videos. Like I got to do more crazy and outlandish stuff now just to get the views like i gotta be more <laughs> clickbaity i'm thinking about this recently you're gonna start doing pr pranks on yeah. the rice fields yeah do i have to like get crazier now just to get the same views i'm like and you know think of think of five ten years from now i'm thinking like damn like every five years am i gonna gonna have to get a more like crazy personality just to get just to keep subscribers yeah or you just you raise the pr the production value, I guess. That's yep, yep, exactly. Which is why I'm even more fueled to make more money now, <laughs> and do these do more businesses because I want to hire a full time camera guy. You know, that's the dream. You know, be like a Gary V and have someone yep. follow you around and that outsource all the camera work. So that's the next level for me. So hopefully, I'm going to get there soon. Well, one thing you can do, which I just did, is. Uh, Actually, he's he's the guy who helped set up this interview. We had a marketing intern come come chill with me for three months. And, oh, nice! Uh, you know, we worked out a a good deal where he gets to travel around Southeast Asia with me, learn about business. I've introduced him to a ton of amazing contacts, and on the flip side, he's been following me around, you know, D Rock style. So nice. That's lit, dude. Yeah, I actually. I've been looking for that. I actually put out a video recently that I'm looking for interns. Um, got a handful of good applications, but yeah, it's hard to find that right person, but yeah, we'll chat after about something like that. And for the past two years, I've been outsourcing my editing um, virtually. Um, but yeah, the next step is to have a, a in-person um, yeah. marketing intern and video intern. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that was cool because uh, we've been in the Philippines for the past month. We went to Boracay two weeks ago. It was the first time that I got drone footage of anything, like, uh, and that's I've been I've been watching all these YouTube guys with the drone footage. And I was like, I gotta get yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. I actually just talking to a couple uh, Balinese um, freelance filmers with drones and a gimbal. So I got two of them on my WhatsApp right now. So I'm I'm real close. <laughs> Talk to me about. Um, so you travel a lot. How do you, I, I know that, you know, you're kind of like the Amazon business is something that you run remotely and I'm, a, I'm, I'm assuming at this stage you're systemized enough where you don't have to spend that much time on the actual day to day. How do you remain productive and what is like your day to day life? Yeah, my day to day life is um, wake up, usually go for a run, um, get to get charged up and then I'll go to a cafe uh, like the one I'm at now. Um, for, you know, three to five hours. This one happens to be right on the rice field because it's Shangu and there's a lot of those. Yeah. Um, so I've been a cafe nomad for pretty much the whole five years. I, I love it. Um, go to a, like a different cafe every day. And Chengdu specifically is uh, it's cafe nomad paradise because there's so many great ones. Uh, and, and it's endless. There's like a hundred of them. Um, coffee shop slash cafes to work at uh, and then I'll go usually to CrossFit um, at 4.30 or 5.30 um, crush the weights and then in the evening I'll go back to another cafe uh, for another 
you know, three to five hours. So usually I'm in front of the laptop from for six to eight hours a day. Um, sometimes I'll have a membership at a co-working space uh, for the evenings, uh, for the, uh, for the late night sessions. Um, like in Chengdu, there's there happens to be no 24 hour coffee shops. So I'll subscribe to the, uh, uh, one or more of the co-working spaces for the late nights. Uh, whereas, uh, Bangkok there's in Chiang Mai and Thailand, there's 24 hour cafes and coffee shops. So just do that for the late nights. Um, but, uh, yeah, productive, you know, I can't, I can't say that. I, I don't know how productive I am because I'm only one person. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely not the most productive person. Um, you know, I waste time doing Instagram and doing these things and, I waste time watching YouTube and, but, uh, you know, I just keep a, keep a steady chipping away at things. Uh, just only recently signed up for, uh, for Trello, which is the uh, productive, um, project management dashboard to keep kind of checklists of things I need to do for my three companies, which are my physical product business, um, my YouTube channel slash course business. And, uh, recently last year started an Amazon marketing agency. So offering Amazon services. And so, yeah, I just, and also I've had a kind of a shared calendar with me, Parker, the freelancers we work with, um, kind of putting things on a calendar and prioritizing to-do lists, you know, like, like the basic stuff. Nice. No, but the reason why I ask is like, I, I've definitely met, specifically when I was in Chiang Mai, I've definitely met some digital nomads that, you know, they had a plan for what they're going to do that day and, you know, they wake up and they go for a massage and <laughs> get a yeah. and, you know, don't end up uh, executing on the stuff that they wanted to do. So do you, do you see that a lot with uh, some of the people that you meet? And uh, I mean, me specifically, uh, I'm not someone who, who plans out the day. Um, I kind of like, well, I'm trying to get into more of, scheduling my tasks like for now on trello like i'll have a task and then you can assign a due date to it so i'll try to have like one major task every day to get done um and then after that just check off as many other urgent things as you can um but uh yeah i, I don't like i'm not one of those people that like plans out the week to the t uh, i wake up and i don't even know what cafe i'm going to go to sometimes i like just cruising around and stumbling on places um, but, uh, but but you you still get your stuff done. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to launch the the business and you know yeah. consistently release YouTube videos for four years. Like yeah 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 absolutely. Like I'm I'm in a cafe. You know, and when I'm in my laptop, I'm getting stuff done. You know, yeah. but like just like anyone, if they're in a cubicle, you know, twenty five percent of the time maybe they're on a distraction, and seventy seventy five percent of the time is maybe actually work. So it's probably similar to me, you know, um, but yeah, I'm in a cafe, I'm drinking coffee and I'm freaking grinding. I'm working, but it's, <laughs> but it's in a relaxed setting. Like yeah, you know, yeah. people say, Oh, it's a grind out there. It's like, no, a job is a grind. Nine to five is a grind. This is the most relaxed way to work ever. Even though I'm working a lot, like I work six to eight hours a day. Like, like most people uh, in front of a computer, you know, whatever, eight hours a day. But it's just, it doesn't feel like a grind, you know, because I got rice patties right here and I'm in a tank top and I got no shoes on. So, yeah. still. What's been, what's been your favorite country that you traveled to so far in Southeast Asia? Yeah, that's a very common question I get. Um, I like to say 
you know, that's like asking who's your favorite family member. Hmm. Like, I love them all dearly. Like, I love my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sister. I love them all equally for their own reasons, for their own unique personality. So it's hard to say, like, which one is best. But all I can say is where I am now is is Changu, Bali, and um, it's freaking paradise. I, I can't think of any better digital nomad paradise than this. It has everything. The, the, I have multiple videos on this, but the gyms are world-class. Nightlife is world-class. The foodie culture, the, the healthy cuisine is world-class. Cafes and coffee, world-class. Wi-Fi is solid. The, beach, the beaches are super nice. The beach lounges are world-class. Um, it just, yeah, it's like they've engineered a utopia here. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> what are your, what are your plans for the future? I know you said you, you like to kind of go with the flow a little bit, but do you have yeah. an idea where you want to be in the next three to five years? Um, definitely making more money. Um, you know, that's, but like as an entrepreneur, as you know, most people watching are probably entrepreneurs like you're a lifelong entrepreneur so it's going to be creating businesses you know until we die so just continue to to create businesses create new income streams have fun um travel the world uh, meet interesting dope people um create dope content um because that's you know goes hand in hand with fun that's just fun um uh, but yeah once uh, we're already planning uh, with some buddies the next Euro trip. So like next June, we're planning a, a trip around Europe. So that has turned out to be every other year we do a Europe trip. Um, you know, I want to visit freaking every country in the world. Like, why not? You know, I'm, I'm in the four hour work week, uh, religion, you know, I want to, I want to explore this world, uh, to the fullest, you know, before we die, you know, that's, that's really it. That's the big picture. You were here. We don't really know why, um, but all of a sudden in this generation, we're blessed with uh, telepathic communication machines where we can be anywhere and get our business done. So let's take advantage of that and see the most of this planet we can uh, before we die. Nice. nice. Uh, I'm going to get into sort of the closing questions. Um, what's been your biggest success in entrepreneurship or life so far? <sighs> Great question. Um, I said this on an interview uh, yesterday um, on Luke We Are Changes channel, which is one of my favorite YouTubers who I happen to do a video with uh, yesterday on his channel. But uh, I think one of my biggest successes is just visiting nearly 30 countries before 30. I think that is, that's probably in the point zero 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 one percent of, of humans that have lived you know, in the time of planes. So in the past, you know, generation, um, that's remarkable. You know, how many, I wonder how many people like even get to visit, you know, 10 plus countries. It's just so rare. And well, uh, how, many, how many people get to visit more than two countries? You know, yeah, most people, you know, never, most people can, and yeah. most people never leave their countries. Actually, when you think about it, yeah. Like, the vast yeah. majority of whether it's they choose to or they can't afford to to travel yeah. most people just don't well and you know in non-western countries for sure but even in just america uh, i think mm -hmm. the stat was some crazy number percentage of people don't even have a passport yeah um 
you know, which says they haven't left the country. Um, so just that, just to know that like my body has gone around the planet several times. It's just, we live in unprecedented times. Like, wow. Um, so I think that's the coolest thing. And just to, it's a huge success. Like, I don't care if I have a, you know, if I'm making a million dollars a month or like a few, a few grand, just the fact that I can wake up whenever I want in the morning, um, go about my daily and weekly life on my own schedule, go to the gym when I want, go to bed when I want, um, and have these like little freedoms is I think that's worth millions of dollars. And so I think that's a huge success. You know, I've, I've accomplished the four, the four hour work week, you know, I have a passive income stream. So now I have a good amount of free time to focus on my passion projects. Um, you know, the biggest one obviously being my YouTube channel. So just having the free time to, to work on a passion business, you know, there's millions of guys that would love to have that free time to work and start a passion business. So, you know, not only that, but I've reached the, the, the top of the pyramid of, of hierarchy of needs. You know, it starts with your basic needs and all the way at the top is like giving back to the world. Like, and you have as well with, with this podcast, me and you, uh, we're lucky enough to already be helping dozens and dozens of hundreds of people, you know, improve their lives. So like, just that is like crazy. Yeah. 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 You know, you're jokingly talking about the four work week being a religion. I, I legitimately think like in a thousand years, people will be looking at the four work week, like the way you look at the Bible, you know, it's just been yeah. like Tim, Tim Ferriss started something there. Yeah, for sure. It's a way, it's a way of living. You know, what is a religion? It's just a kind of a overall, it's an overall life mindset and the four hour work week, they call it the digital nomad Bible, as you know, uh, yeah. it's just a, an overall life mindset of, um, you know, use the internet and technology to, to make your life better and allow you to do what you want. What is the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results in your business? So Pareto's 80-20 principle. The smallest thing I've done that's brought me the 80% of results. Um, probably um, being conscious about launching Amazon products that have unique features and that are going to stand out instead of launching copycat things. Mm -hmm. If I, if I, if my products wouldn't, if, if my products don't stand out, then I would not be making all the money that I'm making. Makes sense. And what are three books, podcasts, blogs that you'd recommend people check out if they were to understand you better? Uh, to understand me better. That's good. Um, definitely the four hour work week, um, the book, um, to understand me as a YouTuber, um, Casey Neistat's YouTube channel, um, highly influenced by him as, far, as terms of a vlogger. Um, and then also the Joe Rogan podcast, I'm uh, heavily influenced by um, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, for the last seven years. I'm a very early follower of that and that kind of uh, made me always want to be a podcaster. Um, so, and then of course, um, my own podcast and YouTube channel. You guys can go check that out if you want to understand me more. Awesome. And uh, I guess if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, 
my uh, Facebook page, uh, Living That Life on Facebook, or Living That Life on uh, Instagram. You can just search Living That Life on on those platforms. And, and yeah, and I can yeah. I can attest to that because that's how we set up this interview is hit you in the DMs. Yep, yep, easy enough these days. So, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? Um, uh, no, that's good. I mean, I, I actually got some. Uh, some detailed questions regarding uh, uh, sourcing and designing custom products, but I'll, after you, I'll ask you that stuff after. <laughs> awesome. Man, so thanks for being on the channel, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to reach out to us, that's podcast at sourcefindasia.com. If you want to check out the YouTube channel, that's sourcefindasia, all one word. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes, they'll be in the description for the video. But if you're if you want to go to the website, that's sourcefindasia.com slash China. Cheers. Everybody trying to blend, don't nobody want to stand out. Everybody trying to blend, everybody trying to blend, don't nobody want to stand out. Everybody trying to blend, everybody trying to blend, don't nobody want to stand out. Everybody trying to blend, everybody trying to blend, don't nobody want to stand out. Everybody trying to blend.